Don't you just love the smell of homemade bread? It's one of life's little pleasures to walk into the house and be greeted by the wafting scent of warm, fresh bread straight out of the oven. And it's most certainly true what they say about the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. Because no doubt, part of the appeal I had over Lovingson in our early days was my ability to whip up the most delightful sandwiches crafted out of fresh baked bread. I bought my first bread making machine from a yard sale when I was about 25 years old, and I love turning simple ingredients into splendid delights. In fact, when we moved to Zimbabwe from Canada, I packed that bread machine into my suitcase along with all our other essential items, and I stocked up on those little tiny yeast packets because I wanted to make sure that I didn't lose this little bit of what makes a house homey. Also, when we got to Zimbabwe, they were going through a little bit of a bread crisis, and it was virtually impossible to find sliced loaves on any store shelves. So it was with great delight that I plugged in our machine in our tiny new kitchen, added the ingredients, and immediately fried the motor. Instead of lovely, fresh smells, my kitchen was filled with the stink of burnt engine smoke, and I was heartbroken. To be fair, my husband had warned me that the simple adapter I had bought wouldn't be enough to convert the high voltage of Zimbabwe's power supply to the standard Canadian-approved kilowatts. But to this day, that bread baker is sitting on the back porch because maybe someday we'll be able to outfit it with a new motor. Now, we both know that's never going to happen, but it's nice to dream. In the meantime, I was not about to give up my love for warm, golden goodness. I decided that I'd just have to learn how to make bread from scratch. And since prepackaged yeast is insanely overpriced, I got curious about where yeast actually comes from, what it is, and where the women in the Bible were getting it from. And let me tell you, I have such a richer and deeper understanding of scripture simply because I've learned how to cultivate and care for my own yeast. In fact, we named him Fred. Yes, Fred. Fred now lives in a glass jar in our kitchen, and we are very diligent about feeding him every day, and he is honestly even more rewarding than my bread machine ever was. Needless to say, we are rather attached to Fred. He grows, he smells, he rises, and he bubbles. We like Fred. And I'm not the only one. As I learned more about making sourdough bread and caring for active yeast, I discovered that most people keep their yeast for years and years. Some people even hand it down to the next generation. And I get it. A lot of care goes into the process, and it gives your bread a specific and unique flavor and aroma. And that got me thinking about the traditional Jewish Passover and the fact that every household eliminates all their yeast or leaven from their homes and starts the process all over again one week later. The Bible says, For seven days no leaven shall be found in your houses, since whoever eats what is leaven, that person shall be cut off from the congregation of Israel. Whether he is a stranger or a native of the land, you shall eat nothing leavened. In all your dwellings you shall eat unleavened bread. Exodus 12, 19-20. 
And I learned that as Jewish people prepare for the Passover, each family removes the leaven from their homes. Then during a special ceremony, every traditional household conducts a final search for leaven throughout the house, gathers it together and burns it, after which the house is then kosher for Passover. And this got me thinking about how attached we get to things, not just yeast, but our stories, our identities, history, drama, and limiting beliefs. We keep them with us, feed them daily, and let them grow. Sometimes we even pass them down to the next generation. But I love that one of the primary themes throughout the Gospels is that we have an opportunity to renew our lives, our commitments, our identities, and our stories, not just yearly through the Passover, but daily. Each day, we are invited to throw out the old and embrace the fresh manna of the morning. We get to die to ourselves daily, die to whatever we think we were, and be reborn in Christ as often as necessary. Hi, I'm Lily Matonguiza, your Christ-centered relationship coach, and this is the Forever Love Podcast. Today, I want to talk about our attachment to our stories, because stories are a lot like yeast. I talk to clients all the time who are extremely sentimental about their stories, even though they are painful and holding them back. And I get it because I did the same thing. And just the other day, I was working with someone who wanted to tell me about how everything was against them. Statistics, the church, their friends, books, podcasts, everyone and everything. This viewpoint was clearly painful and holding her back from pursuing her God-given desire for love in a relationship, but she was reluctant to let it go because it seemed so true. And I want to share with you what I told her. And that is this. Now, get your pen and paper out because this is worth writing down. There is a difference between facts and truth. Let me say that again. There is a difference between the facts and the truth. Satan is more than capable of using facts. He will quote scripture, point at all the data, and make an excellent airtight case for why you are doomed to fail. And the thing is, it's all technically true. Or is it? Here's the most important thing that I want you to remember about the truth. It sets you free. So if the facts don't set you free, guess what? It's not capital T truth. If the information or stories you've gathered make you feel small, ashamed, guilty, discouraged, held back, broken, wounded, or unworthy, it is not God's truth. It might be factual, but since when do the facts, our facts, really matter to God? 
This is why it's so important to be in the daily practice of renewing your mind and adopting the mind of Christ. There is so much junk that gets lodged up in our heads and it most certainly seems true. And just like with the yeast, we have a tendency to feed those stories every single day. And the world around us gives us plenty of additional food for thought. But I want to encourage you not to believe everything you hear. Because if it doesn't give life, if it doesn't produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit, then it's just not of much real value, is it? And this is hard because I remember as a baby Christian that saying that goes like this, the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. And in my desire to be a good, obedient daughter, I decided I was going to stop arguing with the scriptures and I was just going to have faith and believe because I've always been a little bit of a rebel. And so this felt to me like being good and dutiful and submissive. I was done questioning everything, and I was ready to just trust and obey. This went pretty well for several years, and then my husband and I realized that we were part of a cult. Whoops! Now I have a much better filter for what I believe. I use the life code, and I practice adopting the mind of Christ daily, which you can learn all about in episode 5. And I filter things through the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Does this idea or thought produce love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, or self-control? If not, it's probably manipulative or being manipulated to hurt others. Now, maybe you're wondering, okay, Lily, but how do I actually do that? How do I adopt the mind of Christ? Well, Once again, I want to encourage you to go back to episode five, where I explain the life code, which is an essential tool that I use to help me capture every evil imagination and adopt the mind of Christ. There's a lot that goes into this, and so I don't want to get into that here, but go to episode five and check it out, because I know from experience that those fruit of the Holy Spirit do not just grow by default of being Christian. You have to practice it. You have to cultivate them. Okay, so go check out episode five. You're going to love it. So next question. What stories about your current or past circumstances are holding you back? Maybe it's a story about why no one likes you, why you're too old or too heavy, you're too boring or you're too introverted. What are you telling yourself on a daily basis that is seemingly harmless? Are you like me? Do you have a tendency to suck in your tummy every time you walk past a shiny surface and catch a glimpse of your reflection? Or maybe you're the type that likes to blame God. He's supposed to provide and clearly he has forgotten about you. Or are you telling yourself that you don't deserve love or that there just aren't enough men out there? Are you competing with the women around you? fueled by a scarcity mindset and a winner-takes-all attitude? Or are you mad at the men for being immature, unappreciative, or non-believers? What's the story? I'm asking you this because it's important to become at least aware of it. Because most of the time, you won't even recognize it for what it is. You will naturally assume that this is reality. But I'm here to tell you, it's not. 
God determines reality. He gets to decide what's true, what's possible, and what's not. And he says, you can move mountains. Next, I want you to consider who is feeding you this story that you're currently bought into. Who inspired it? Oftentimes, critical components of our stories come from that mean girl inside of us. You know her. She's snarky, vicious, condescending, and especially mean to you. Your inner mean girl has a lot of nasty ideas about you and all the ways you're messing it up and not ready, worthy, or something to have and achieve your God-given desire. She's also bitter and expects things to be handed to her. And when they're not, she throws a tantrum. I like to encourage my clients to really get to know her. What does she look like? What does she sound like? What's her name? What does she want? And who do you think is controlling her? I see this inner mean girl as a puppet on strings being manipulated by fear and used by our real enemy, Satan. It's an effective ruse because this inner mean girl, by the way, I call mine Cynthia because she reminds me of that ratty old Barbie doll Angelica plays with on that kids TV show Rugrats. Remember that? Anyways, this inner mean girl is capable of shooting fiery darts at our most vulnerable moments. And it always sounds like she's right, but she's not. And just like with the yeast at Passover, we have to learn to let go of that sentimental Barbie doll and embrace what is real and genuine, that capital T truth that sets us free. So your mission today, should you choose to accept it, is to get to know your inner mean girl. Write about her in your prayer journal, draw a picture of her and give her a name. Start to recognize that she's been the one dictating most of your story. Then start setting some boundaries because she's wrong. She's wrong about you and what you're capable of and what you deserve. Recognize that Satan is using fear to manipulate you and her like a puppet and you have the power to cut those strings. You don't have to condone her and you don't have to condemn that inner mean girl because she's often just a reflection of your wounded parts. But if you can stop treating everything she says as gospel truth, you'll be able to do a lot of healing. So try showing her a little love and compassion. And when she gets mouthy, put her away in the toy box and get on with your real life. Sound good? Okay. Until next time, God bless you. Today's podcast is brought to you by Digital Course Academy, and I am excited to let you know that the doors to Amy Porterfield's Digital Course Academy have officially opened. And guess what? I've created a very special bonus package for you that goes hand in hand with Digital Course Academy and will help you speed your way to course creation success. But you're going to have to click on my personalized affiliate link to get your hands on it because with that link, you'll have the opportunity to snag a very special gift from me so you can create your course fueled by the fruit of the Holy Spirit and serve others while creating more wealth in your life. 
as a business owner and course creator, I know that I have to do this through Christ to be truly victorious. And I'm here to help you succeed too. And that's why when you sign up for Digital Course Academy through me, you'll get six private coaching sessions. The first coaching session will be scheduled as soon as possible after you enroll in DCA because I want to make sure you're ready to hit the road running. The next three are going to be during each of your implementation weeks during DCA. I want to make sure that as you're learning the how-to stuff through Amy, you're also getting the mindset coaching you need to be truly successful with the entire process. Then... When you open your cart and start actually selling, I'm going to be right there with you, making sure you're feeling abundant and generous and positive about your outcome. Finally, when cart closes and your sales are done, we're going to have a little one-on-one to debrief and go through everything to figure out what worked, what you've learned, and what you can do differently next time. With B and Amy, you are going to have a successful launch that is going to change the trajectory of your life. Honestly, going through Digital Course Academy myself last year was a game changer. And I want to be there with you during those pivotal moments of course creation to help you with your mindset so you overcome your obstacles and stay on track. Pick my brain, ask questions, and get the support you need as you go through the process. Because as someone who has walked this path, I know how to help you manage all the scary emotions that are bound to come up along the way. And you know what? You get my entire bonus coaching package at no additional cost. That's right. It is my gift to you when you enroll for DCA through my affiliate link. Like I said, joining Digital Course Academy last year turned out to be a game changer for my business. Within three months of joining, I'd created and launched my signature course, Ready for the One, and made my first $15,000. I know that you have gifts, talents, and skills that others would love to learn from you, and a digital course is the best way to serve them and build wealth in your own life. Amy will give you all the know-how and I will help you with the mindset. Together, we will help you reach your goals and make an impact in a way that honors your relationship with God and others. But you've got to hurry. Doors are only open for a very limited time. So send me a DM at Lily Matanguiza to get my affiliate link or find it in the show notes below wherever you're listening to this podcast. I promise. You'll walk away from DCA feeling confident that your days of guesswork are behind you because you have a proven plan and a coach to get your digital course launched before 2021 wraps up.